good. Aren't you glad you came today? Amen. For those of you that couldn't make it but are watching us online, we are honored that you're with us today. Thank you so much. People from Bernie to Florida to Guatemala, honored to have you here with us today and excited. I do want us to to pray. In fact, that last song that we sang may be the very reason you came because you may find yourself in a battle right now. You, You may find yourself in a difficult situation and I pray that you will remember the words that we just sang. The battle belongs to the Lord and you will see a victory. Now, how that happens and in what timing, I I don't know that. I'm not God. But I just know this, that if there's a battle you're in right now, I want to encourage you to be persistent. Continually call it out to the Lord and ask the God who is the victor to to intervene. I I think sometimes we, we don't pray believing that God can do what we're asking him to do. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we just kind of give lip service and we just kind of uh, too casually approach heaven. And I think for some of us, the breakthrough might come when we actually start believing that what we're offering up to God, he will do it, right? Listen, his word says, if, if I care about the birds of the air and the flowers in the field, do you not think that I care more about you? Can I just tell you something right now? You are God's most prized creation. Out of all things that have ever been or will be, I want you to know that he delights over you and he loves you with a never-ending love. Amen? So God is for you. Tell your neighbor that right now. God is for you. Tell them you keep battling but you trust the Lord with it all as well. Amen. Hey, today as we pray, we love to pray for works of God around our city, around this region. Today, we're actually going to pray for a pastor that we had an opportunity to worship with this week in in Tecpan, Guatemala. Uh, Pastor Francisco, pastors at Nueva Vida, New Life Church there in Tecpan, Guatemala. We had the privilege of worshiping with them. And, and here's what I love about when they have you to worship, they feed you afterwards. And I'm telling you, we ate, you know, you, you can eat, but then you can eat, you know what I'm saying? And we ate. And so absolutely incredible, uh, church there in, in, in the middle of really downtown tech fan and an opportunity for us to worship with them Wednesday. And, and I just want us to pray for pastor Francisco. He blessed us tremendously. They prayed favor over this house and continued um, uh, vision and direction and prayed for revival. We shared with them a, about revival, which is what we're praying for, our word for the year. And, and so they're praying for us. And so I just think it's okay for us to pray for them as well. Is that all right? So would you grab a hand next to you today as we pray as a sign of unity in this room as we go to heaven? Lord, thank you so much for the reminder in that song that you are for us. You take what the enemy's meant for evil, Lord, and you turn it for good. Aren't you thankful? Come on, when the enemy thinks that he has the last laugh and that he's conquered us, Lord, that's when you step in and you squash his throat again and you remind him, whoa, that I am greater. Our God is greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And God, we know that you're for us. And God, we just want to surrender. If there's someone here today, God, that's in the midst of a battle, I pray, God, that they would just take it to you. That they would call out to heaven. 
God, they would allow you to step into that moment and do what you do. Father, what a privilege it is for us today to pray for our brothers and sisters in Tecpan, Guatemala that are gathered in worshiping at New Life Church there. I pray for Pastor Francisco as he stands today to deliver your word. I pray that you would hide him behind your cross, Lord, that he would decrease so that your spirit may increase in him. Lord, I pray that every word that proceeds from his mouth would be anointed by the very spirit of God. That the words that come out, Father, your words would be transformative. That those that need hope would find it today. Those that need to be encouraged, God. Those that need healing, Lord. Those that need a new outlook. Those that need to know that they have a purpose. There's a divine direction that you have for them. That they may all come to experience that today. Lord, I'm praying that today would be a history-making moment at New Life Church in Tech Pam. That, God, they would look back on this day, the 12th of February, 2023, and they would be able to look back and say, oh, this is an Ebenezer moment because God showed up and he moved. God, I pray that you use Pastor Francisco throughout that community, God. Lord, I pray that you would surround him with people within his congregation that will hold his arms up when he's weary and tired. Those that will be encouragers to him, God. Lord, I pray that he would be a man that continues to practice the presence, looking to you, God, trusting you. God, bless my brother Francisco today. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. You guys feel him yet? He's here. And you know that when the Spirit shows up, there's potential for your life to never be the same. For your life to be changed, for transformation to come to you. You need to know that that's God's plan and God's desire today. He's not called us here just to sing a few songs and to consume some coffee and, 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 and hear another uh, lesson or two. No, no, He's called us here because the God of heaven wants to step into your life today. And he wants to move. He's willing. Are you? Would you make some space for him right now? Would you create some room and let him fill you? We give you the glory now in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, can we just give the Lord a round of applause? That's good. Man, it's so good. So, so good. Today, we want to continue in a series we started last week. This is February. This is the love month. And so we're in this series entitled, What is Love? And we're going to continue to talk about love today. And, and I thought, hey, man, I just want to remind you that this is the week. This is Valentine's happens this week. So I just want to remind you that Walgreens is open 24 hours a day, okay? And so um, uh, you can step into there and, and pick out whatever you need to, but I uh, just wanted to help a brother out today. Okay. Remind you that this is the week. And so, uh, don't, don't forget that. But, but I also thought that it would be great for us just to kind of laugh a little bit before I, we get, you know, before I go down and talk about some deeper stuff today, just some, some things that I want to encourage you with today as we think about relationships and family and marriage and Valentine's. I was reminded of this, 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 someone said, never laugh at your wife's choices. You're one of them. <laughs> A man once relayed this following story. He said this, 
I was on a flight the other day and I found I'd been seated next to a beautiful young woman. And as I sat down next to her, I said, does the airline charge you extra for sitting next to a good looking man? She said, yes, but I wasn't prepared to pay. Yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? I like to show my wife who's the boss in our house. I do this by holding a mirror up to her face. How many of you guys can relate to that, right? Come on, Dave. But you, yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's all right, Dave. She, she loves you. She's in it. A wife asks her husband, how would you describe me? He replies, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. The confused wife asks, what does that mean? Her husband replies, adorable and beautiful, cute, delightful, elegant, fashionable, gorgeous, and hot. The wife says, oh, thank you, but, but what about IJK? I'm just kidding. <laughs> that may not be the right way to pursue this week of Valentine's, guys, but come on, aren't we thankful that love is in the air? Come on, somebody. Pastor Courtney, man, he's like, man, I don't know why I said yes to this assignment today, but we're so good. We do pray that this week's a great week for you and um, Valentine's. But as we talk about love today, I want us to remember in scripture, we find that there are four types of love that we find listed in the Greek throughout scripture. And, 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 and I believe that this word love is probably the most abused and misused words in our English vocabulary. We, we say that we love things that are just ridiculous. You know, you know, grown men today will bump chest after drinking too much cerveza. That means beer, okay? Uh, the, and, and they'll say, I love you, man. They don't love each other. They're just drunk and they don't know what they're talking about. But our culture is drunk on love. And we say we love things, and we, I think we've just abused and misused. We have a misunderstanding of what love is all about. So what we thought we would do is, we, we thought we would go to the owner's manual, the one who wrote about love and created love, to see what real love is all about. Last week, we looked at the, the, the word agape. This is what we would call God love. This is selfless love. It's self-sacrificing type of love. I shared this with you last week that if you just got agape type of love right, you wouldn't have to show back up at church, <laughs> but you're here. So that must mean that we still have some work to do, right? And, um, but, but it's God's love. Today, I want us to look at another type of love. And, and this is kind of, because it's Valentine's week, I thought we would talk about erotic love. The love between a husband and a wife. Notice I said that erotic love is meant to be shared between a husband and a wife. Um, you know, when that, that, that this, this, this eros type of love is, it's passionate. This is the the Cupid type of love. This is the love potion number nine. I mean, this is that type of, of, of love that we're talking about. This is, this is that type of love that when it's, when it's misused and abused, it is the opposite of agape, meaning that eros can quickly become selfish. It can become self-seeking. At its very basic form, eros is about about hooking up and the world is saying procreating, right? And, and just, you know, a good time. 
It's misused and abused. In the New Testament, the, the, the Greek actually uses another word uh, in, in relation to this. I think we have that one up there also. It's uh, epithemia. And, and, and this, when you describe, when you throw this in, and, and, and this really takes, takes, takes it to an even deeper form of abuse. This, this is a passionate desire, a, a yearning for or wanting. We would call this a craving for someone else, right? And, and there's probably a better word we could use. It would be the word lust. Okay? A lust for what the world says we need. It's a lust of our eyes. It's a lust and a desire for wanting someone else in an unhealthy way. I hope that you guys would agree with me that, that, when, that lust and erotic desire can, can, can be misused and abused. And when it is, it is, a, it is a love that only looks out for itself. Now make no mistake about it, eros is something that has been created by God, but, but it was created to be a healthy way and demonstrated in a healthy manner. But our culture has just taken it. In fact, isn't that what the enemy does? John chapter 10, verse 10, remember how that verse starts? The thief comes, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is so good about taking things that are beautiful, some, some things that God has created that are awesome and meant for our pleasure and enjoyment, and he distorts it. You can't watch an award show last weekend without seeing this portrayed and abused and negative, right? I, I was sharing with the, the worship team this morning. I'm like, man, you know, it's just the, the, the messaging was just so anti-everything. And, you know, where's Mav City? Where's the, where's the Christian moment? And, and where we could have a moment of truth and speaking. But the world just, listen, media is not going to help us with eros. That's why we in the church have got to have a better understanding of what healthy eros is all about. Are you guys with me? And, and let me just tell you something. God wants you to enjoy eros. Another word, God wants you to, check this out, here we go. God wants you to enjoy sex when you do it his way. And there is a God way and there is a wrong way. Would you agree with me? You see, God created sex. He did. Dr. Ruth didn't. God did. He created it. And when we do things God's way, they're pleasurable and they are enjoyable. In fact, you need to know that God designed sex for marriage. And when we, when we keep sex for marriage and in the marriage bed, it is a beautiful thing. But it's been abused, has it not? We don't, we don't use it oftentimes the way that God created it to be used. Even, even if we're not careful, even in the marriage commitment one to another, it can still become selfish, can it not? It can become self-seeking and we can even distort it in that manner. Listen, I think that so many people that are just hooking up, th those that are living and, and enjoying sex out of context, they're missing the true meaning of what God's created. Listen, they, they, they think that it's just about the physical attributes and connecting with someone and they miss the emotional. They miss the relational components of, of everything that sex created and when used God's way really brings a person, right? But we don't think about that. 
We, 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 we get caught up in a moment. Our emotions start flowing and we can take something so good and abuse it, misuse it. And that's why so many of us, maybe even listening here today, are carrying some scars and effects of eros gone wrong, right? Eros gone wrong. Hmm. What if I were to tell you that I think eros or what, what if I were to tell you that I believe sex is, um, it, it, it's more than, than the, the, the physical attributes. What if I were to tell you it was more about conversation and feelings and listening and being understood. It's about eye contact and truly, truly caring for your spouse. We don't like to think about it from that perspective. But in reality, you know, sex could be more about those types of things, could it not? And this, 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 this eros, I believe it gets to the true heart of what God really created this to be, this special, special thing shared between a husband and wife within the confines of marriage. Look what the word of God says in Ephesians chapter five. I want to begin reading in verse 28, and we're going to bounce around through this section throughout our time together. But in verse 28, it says this, it says, husbands, uh, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Wow. We could go for months on that. Could we not? For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. And as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Wow. We, 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 I think, I think we, 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 we misunderstand marriage a lot of times. Some of us have, have entered marriage and we view it as contract versus covenant. It's one of the things that when I'm visiting with couples that are, are getting married, and by the way, single people in this room, you need to be dialed in right now, Okay. Because I'm trying to help you out as you prepare and as you even look and as you consider who God might have for your life. But one of the biggest things that I stress so oftentimes with, with young couples getting married and maybe even for some of you married couples today, do you see marriage as contract or as covenant? I think we all understand contract. You know, contract is I'm going to get 50% and you're going to get 50% and, or as long as you do uphold your end of the deal and then I'll uphold mine. But that's not what marriage is. See, marriage is covenant. And marriage is about me giving everything I have. It's a hundred percent commitment from myself. It's a hundred percent commitment from my spouse. You know, many of you that are listening here today, you stood before a minister and you stood before witnesses and you stood before your families and you stood before your spouse and you stood before God and you made some promises. You shared some vows. You made covenant together. You know, this word covenant is one of the strongest words in all of the Bible. 
We see it played out in so many different ways throughout the Old Testament in particular, where God makes a covenant with people, sometimes with blood, right? Um, Sometimes with rainbows. By the way, rainbow in the sky, a rainbow is a covenant between God and man that I will not destroy the earth again through flood. That's, can I just remind us of that? Okay, Um, um, but we see this word covenant. And when I said and stood before a cloud of witnesses, God was there. I'm saying, God, I'm making a covenant. And that covenant means I'm gonna give everything I can to my, if you see the modern mentality for us is this, if it doesn't work out, just bail out. And people oftentimes say, well, you're not upholding your end of the deal because you're thinking contract. Or hey, they're not doing what I think they should do because you're still thinking contract and you're seeing that person as your subordinate. They're supposed to take care of you. That's selfish eros. That's selfishness. That's not what God says. If it doesn't work out, just bail it. I'm just gonna tell you something today. And those of you that are married, you understand this. Those of you that are looking to get married, you need to understand something. There are four letters that are big deal when it comes to marriages that will endure and be endearing. And the letters are W-O-R-K. Our girl Rihanna would sing, work, 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 work. She gonna say that, but that's what marriage is all about. She's a Super Bowl performer tonight, halftime, right? Come on, you know, yeah, but that's what she's right. She would say that. And it is so true. It takes work because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sure there's some days, they're not many, but there have been few over 33 years in which she probably said, that dude, that Jay Brown, he is a mess. Lord, I know you love all people, but he is really hard to get along with right now in love, right? Have you, you've never thought that. No, 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 it's work. And so many of us don't consider that when we enter into it. We've, we've got this idea that, hey, listen, you know, I put a piece of jewelry on a finger and, and it's all gonna be easy. I'm just telling you guys, there is an enemy that's out to destroy marriages and families today. There is an enemy that has taken this thing called eros, this thing called sex that was created to be a beautiful thing between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife within the confines of marriage and he's distorted it and abused it. And that's why so many of us today are confused about it. Right? Marriage is work. I'm not going to bail out when it gets hard. I'm going to stay after it. Some of us are more committed to physical lifting of weights and working out and getting shape more than we are to our marriages being strong and healthy and God honoring. What is wrong with us? We'll put up with with the crap at work or the stuff that we deal with from other but men, but I better not get in. And we've just missed it all. Mm. I've entitled today's sermon, not erotic love. I probably should have done that and gone social with it. That might've gotten piqued some people's interest, but, and then I would have gotten hate mail, but I, I simply entitled it intimate love because I really believe that when we have the proper view of eros, there is intimacy all about it. It's really all about intimacy. And in my preparing for this, you guys need to understand something. You only have to listen for about 30 minutes today, but I've been having to deal with this for a long time and I have not mastered and I'm not the professional at everything I'm describing to you today. My wife would be testifying to that quickly. 
In fact, I told her today, we pray every, every Sunday as I'm pulling out of the driveway, we begin praying for, for you guys and for the service. And we pray for a move of God. We pray for our worship team and our kids teams. And we just pray for everybody to come with a happy heart and ready to experience the Lord. But I declared to her today, I said, honey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be preaching on some stuff here today and I don't want you to feel like I've got it all figured out and I'm the expert but I are a work in progress. And God's still doing some stuff in me with that to, to which he said, mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> but here's what I've discovered and, 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 and we're probably gonna get some amens from a certain gender in the room when I make this statement. Intimacy is really about conversing. Intimacy is really about conversation. Yep. I, I think one of the greatest gifts one of the sexiest things we can do in a relationship is to give this gift of conversation. We, we, we need to become better at the art of listening. How many of you ladies would testify to that? If he would just listen, if I could just share my feelings. Now listen, <clears throat> I want her to share her feelings, but I've got about 30 second time span in which I need that bullet pointed for me, right? It's hard after a long day, or it's hard when I've got so many things on my mind, like the Duke Carolina basketball game, to really want to sit down and listen to what's going on. But what I have come to understand is that is one of the most intimate gifts we can give each other. That doesn't cost anything financially, but again, it's this selfless self-sacrificing on my part to truly listen to my spouse. I, I love this old proverb. It says that the road to the heart is the ear. That when I lend my ear to my spouse, it actually does something in their heart. C.S. Lewis would say this, that eros will have naked bodies, but friendship, naked personalities. It's being honest and open. It's listening. And I just can't help but think that if we want to develop all this stuff about, you know, spending time together and, you know, working through the hard things and taking trips and, you know, you know, family devotionals, I just can't help but think if we want to build enduring, long lasting marriages and relationships, it's going to come with this thing called intimacy. And, and I would even go a little bit below that or above that, however you want to look at it. I think friendship is a big deal with our spouses. Are you friends with your spouse? Maybe those of you that are in a dating relationship, are you a friend? See, I think marriage is all about friendship. And if I do want to build a marriage and a relationship that's gonna stand the test of time, do, do I, am I really a friend? I'm gonna tell you something. There have been, we, we, we all have friends, right? But you probably, it's probably safe for me to say that, that, that the friends that you had five years ago, maybe two years ago, maybe 10 years ago, they may be hard for you to find right now, right? I look back for 33 years, we've been married and I've had lots of friendships and relationships with people, but many of them have come and gone. But you know who's constant and steady? My number one friend. See, she's there. She listens and she cares and she puts up with my mess. And there are many, many times where she has to grab me by, she doesn't grab me by the throat, but you know what I'm saying. And she, she, she says, listen, I want you to know something. 
I am for you. Now she's normally saying that after she gets on my tail about something because I still screw up and make mistakes. Am I talking to anybody? Come on, where are the other mistake prone people in the room today? Yeah. And sometimes she's got to grab my attention and she says hard things to me. But doesn't scripture say sometimes that the friends of, or the words of a friend, even though they may hurt us, they're really a sweet gift. And they may, she may be right, but I need to hear that sometimes. Chef, I do, bro. Because I'm wrong sometimes. Well, I'm wrong a lot of times. I was just wrong there. I'm wrong a lot of times. And she has to remind me, but she's my friend and she's there. And she's gonna be there. What would it look like in your relationship that if it wasn't about all the physical stuff, but it was more about the intimacy of listening or the calling to really become friends, right? There are some benefits to friendship, right? Friends with benefits, right? A lot's made about that too, right? But, but what if you pursued friendship with your spouse? Single people, what if you begin to look for someone from that angle and perspective versus wallet size <laughs> or Brad Pitt looks or whatever and begin to really pursue someone that could be a friend. I, I told you I was gonna camp out in Ephesians chapter five a lot and I'm gonna go back to this. Listen to the, these words. Verse 25 says, for husbands, this means that you love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Wow. So men, listen, if, if, if you wanna know how to love your wife, I want you to go, I want you to jot down today everything you would say, this is how Christ loves the church, right? Scripture says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Hey, men, listen, are you willing to sacrifice some stuff that are a big deal to you for the sake of your spouse, your wife? Are you? Nope, I'm not. Then you're not loving as Christ loves the church. Self-sacrificing, selfless. Ladies, you're not off the hook. Verse 22 says, wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. That S word's gotten a lot of abuse in our culture today as well, has it not? I remember doing a wedding a few years ago and in one of our premarital counseling sessions, the, the young bride-to-be said, we'd love for you to do our wedding, but listen, do not use the word submission in, in the ceremony. And I looked at that dude and said, bro, is there anybody else you could find? Because she already had a distorted view of what I believe biblical submission is. Let me read to you the verse before that one. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this is a mutual thing. Marriages that are healthy have a mutual submission. It's not one over the other. And, and I used to say it's not men dominating women, but I know some relationships where it could be flipped if we're gonna be honest, right? This is a mutual submission. This is a mutual positioning of myself where, hey, you know what? It's not about me. How can I serve you? Right? In fact, if there's a way that I could end this today, I would simply say this. That's probably a good way to end it. Become a servant lover. 
See, when, 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 when I serve my spouse, when, when, when I lay aside myself and I, be, I want to become a servant, why would I want to become a servant lover? Well, remember what it says in Ephesians 5, <clears throat> just as Christ loved the church, right? Listen, Jesus never used his power, his prestige, or his position to lord any of that over anyone. What gives us the right to do so? I'm the man of the house. Well, good for you, bro. But how are you going to serve your family and your wife? How are you going to humble yourself? Well, I've got all this degree and experience. That's great. I'm just telling you, Jesus never played that card. Well, you know what? I'm the, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't be the CEO of the... Listen, you got it all wrong. You never find throughout Scripture where Jesus shows up on the scene and says, Okay, excuse me, I'm Jesus. But no, you don't find that. What gives us the right to do that in our relationships? And this is not just for dudes. This is for you women also. We mutually submit to one another. And I'm just telling you, isn't it beautiful when we mutually submit to one another? What does that look like? What what would covenant servant leader, servant lover looking like in our homes? Maybe it's, you you know, he makes coffee for me every morning. He fills up the car when it's out of gas. He goes to do that. Or it's, hey, she, she sends or she leaves me encouraging notes next to my car keys and I pick them up every morning before I head out the door. Or it's, hey, you know, he, he draws a nice hot bath for me because I've been home with the kids all day. Gives me that Calgon moment. I just lost some of you. You don't know what I'm talking about. It's, hey, she calls me at lunchtime just to see how my day's going. It's, hey, I cook and he does the dishes or flip-flops. He cooks and I do the dishes. But it's this mutual submitting and serving one another. (laughs) It's, uh, It's, hey, I go hunting with him because he likes it. Wouldn't that be awesome, dudes? Hey, guys, wouldn't that be awesome? Okay, thank you. Some of y'all said that's a bad illustration right there, Pastor. I just can't help but think that God's got a bigger plan for our marriages, and he wants us, some of us need a correction with this word eros. Because we have come to just, we've, we've dumbed it down where it's all about the physical. And where it's abused and perverted and distorted. When really it's a beautiful thing when we understand it from God's perspective. Are you with me today? And hey, listen, I, I want to give you a challenge for the week. I, I, in fact, I want to I challenge you to, to do something really, really sexy this week. It's Valentine's week. You got this. But it's not probably what you think I'm going to say. I mean, I I do pray that you would be intimate with your spouse this week. But intimate in the way of this. Pray together daily. There's something about that. I wish I could tell you I've mastered this, but I don't. I've got some work to do in this area. I declared that to my wife this morning. There's something about praying together as spouses. Some of you do that. Some of you don't. In fact, some of you are like freaking out right now because that's our challenge this week. 
there's something about when I'm transparent, when I'm being honest and conversing and laying out when I'm listening, laying out my, where I'm at, what I'm thinking and listening and to her and him and, and we pray and praying together. There's something about that. I, I, I think there's something about that, that, that. That's even being more intimate than, than, than as, as C.S. listen, than being naked in front of one another. There's something about humbling ourselves and praying together as spouses. So that's my challenge for you this week. Can you develop intimacy with your mate? And, and, and by the way, those of you that don't have a spouse to pray with, what would it look like if you began to pray for that individual? If you've got children, maybe to pray for their marriage and their relationship. They're not married yet to begin to pray for that young man or young woman that might come in, but begin to pray for each other. I'm telling you, I believe that that is an incredibly romantic and intimate thing to do as couples and as individuals. In fact, I want to invite you to stand today. We're going to sing a song today that talks about making room. We're going to sing the whole thing today. This song talks about making space and laying some stuff down and letting God step in and do what he wants to do. And the worship team is going to begin to sing this song. And I just want to invite couples to come down today or even individuals to come down and just begin to pray together or to begin to pray for ourselves or to pray over our children and marriages. But let's just enact this challenge this morning as we worship.